Welcome to Psychology Has It Backwards. This series will question the assumption that people are psychologically broken and need to be fixed. We will talk about how seeing people as innately healthy will change all of your interactions and outcomes. This is a true paradigm shift, and it simplifies the entire process of dealing with mental distress and allows for more profound and immediate changes. Hi, I'm Judy Sedgman, and welcome to Psychology Has It Backwards. I'm here with my wonderful friend and colleague and brilliant therapist and kind person, Christine. (laughs) An injured person these days. Uh, Christine Heath, nice to see you, everybody. Yes. And uh, this time we want to talk to you about something really simple, and we're just calling it Just Be You. And as simple as that sounds, it's really hard for people to just be you. And I think the reason for that is twofold. One is the whole quest of life, you know, as it's described in literature and poetry is, who am I? (laughs) Who am I really? So people don't know how to just be you. And the other thing is that life uh, teaches us from very early on, you know, as soon as we start getting socialized, uh, to focus on things that other people value in us. And so, you know, if, if your mom tells you, oh, you're such a pretty little girl, you know, you get that that's your identity, that, you know, being a pretty little girl is very important. Or if your schoolmates bully you because you're, you have a, you know, a certain feature like a big nose or big ears, then you start worrying about that. Or if you have, uh, you know, define yourself by a sport that you play and then suddenly, you know, something happens and you can't play it anymore. So we have a tendency to identify with the outside uh, labels that we put on ourselves or other people put on us. And we've made uh, podcasts before about the ways in which people identify with their diagnoses if they get into therapy. But in essence, uh, that's just symptomatic of the entire uh problem that we have as a society of uh, getting attached to the labels that we've placed on ourselves or others have placed on us and then getting disappointed or insecure or uh, upset if they don't work out the way they should. And I think that I noticed it a lot in, in a lot of, uh, I have a lot of clients, or I did used to when I was working at this uh, women's center, have a lot of clients who are midlife. And, you know, they, they were kind of uh, just starting to, you know, go gray or starting to have the effects of, you know, not being a pretty young thing anymore. And, uh, and they, <laughs> they were so, uh, you know, so concerned about, no, I'm going to lose my husband to a younger woman or, you know, my kids don't respect me because I'm, you know, they think I'm an old lady or the, or my, you know, my clothes don't look the way they used to look on me or my husband wants me to get a boob job or, you know, things that sound very superficial, but they're not superficial if they matter that much to somebody that they're actually going talk to a therapist. Uh, and I, I would say, you know, well, deeper than that, deeper than your fears about the external appearance that you present to the world, you know, what about just who you are? What about just, you know, who, who you are as a person? And a lot of times people would look at me like I had just asked them the 
you know, <laughs> the hardest math question in the class. <laughs> you know, it's like, why do you ask me that? Because I think that's one thing we learn from the principles, where the principles point us is to the, the spiritual nature of the power that we have as human beings to create our life. And that includes creating our ideas about ourselves and other people. And that's part, it's a very big part of our life. And if I get attached, you know, to the idea that I should uh, be a certain way, and that way is not forever because life changes, people change, time goes by, uh, it can really be painful as, as life goes by. And, um, you know, I, <laughs> I think about this client I had who was married to, um, she was married to a man who was five years younger than her. So she turned 50 and he was only 45 and uh, he started looking at younger women and she was sitting in my office crying and she said, you know, I'm, I'm 50 and he just doesn't love me anymore. And I'm looking and she's a very attractive woman. <laughs> and I'm like, well, what about when you were 49? She said, well, I was still in my forties and uh. now I'm, in my fifties and he thinks I'm an old lady and he just doesn't have any respect for me. And, and, and I said, are you sure it's him? You know, are you sure it's really him? And she said, well, but we're, like we were at a party and, and he started looking at this young girl that was out on the dance floor with her boyfriend and they were really dancing up a storm. And I said, and so, and she said, well, I, I knew he was thinking, well, my wife used to dance like that. And I'm going like, so do you think he could still dance like that at the age of 45? She said, well, no. <laughs> I said, so, you know, why can't you just admire somebody that's younger than you that does something that you used to do? And she said, oh, it's just so hard. It's so hard. Now, I my heart goes out to people that suffer like that. But, it, it, you know, the point is to realize that that's a self-created pain. Just like it's a self-created pain for a lot of people when they retire and they don't know what to do with themselves. There's so much time, so many times that I've uh, heard of people that retired and just sort of became alcoholics or just sort of just fell down into the gloom and despair because they lost their identity. They were identified with their job and now they didn't know what to tell people. So I, I think that, you know, finding out who we are is a really important aspect of getting connected to the principles to realize that what we are really deep down are spiritual beings inhabiting a body for this journey. And we have this incredible power, this spiritual power to think and to make up the life of our dreams, whatever that life may be. And, uh, and as we experience life, we can continually revise our, our plan. You know, we can revise, let's see, well, you know, 10 years ago, I used to think I might someday climb Mount Everest, but I don't think I'm going to do that now. You know? Well, that's not the end of the world. You think of something else you want to do. But we forget that that's, that creative power that we have is what keeps life fresh and exciting and interesting, no matter what stage we are. When I was first learning um, the principles, I just really first met Sidney Banks and he offered to help me and he called me up and what he said to me, I'll never forget is that he said, Christine, 
He said, dearie, just be you. Just be ordinary. And we're so busy trying to be something that we don't let ourselves just be and just see that the way we are, to me, it's, it's kind of like each one of us is the way that life has uh, created an ability to have an experience. Like, how cool is that? And each one of us is that energy of life creating an experience. And, but we get caught in the, the illusion that thought does, that makes it look like the outside world is determining like how we are and who we are. So whether you're, you, you're um, uh, part of a, a different ethnic group, if you're part of a different um, sexual identification group, um, if you're part of a different age group, if you're part of a different um, uh, religion, I mean, we have all of, you think about all the stuff we make up about how to be a person, what kind of person to be. And, and then we raise children and they grow up looking at the same world. So they end up seeing similar things or getting impacted by that. And we just have perpetuated, it's kind of like a group think, you know, when people get together, they get a group think about how to be, how to be rather than just being, Right. So it's always interesting to me because ego does that. Ego is so busy thinking about ourselves that we make up this stuff about who we are and what we should be doing and how we should be acting. And like, I remember when I was um, in college, I was, um, I, I was a teaching assistant for the very first uh, women's studies class that they had at the University of Minnesota. And I remember thinking like, gosh, I wonder how I got this. And I still today don't, don't know how I got that, but. Can't remember. <laughs> Somehow I got it. And as I, as I started to awaken to my thoughts about being female, I was, I mean, some of the stuff I, I saw was blatant, you know, like I wanted to be a lawyer and my, my school instructor thought I should be a teacher. It was like, what, what, what is that? You know, and, uh, but I really didn't see until I started to seeing how much I was drinking the Kool-Aid. Like I would think things like, I don't really like to hang around with other girls because they're, they're so uh, catty and they talk about other people so much and they're just boring. Boys are a lot more fun to hang out with, you know? And, and, but I didn't, didn't see that I was doing all that. Right. So as, as we start to wake up to how thought works, we start to see those things, but it's easy then to get caught up in being that right? And being the next thing that you become aware of in your own thinking. So, you know, I think just being a regular person, just being an ordinary person kind of makes you extraordinary. And, and that, that's the deal. There is nobody like you anyway. So however you are is fine. Like it cracks me up because people always say, nobody's perfect. Nobody's perfect. I must have at this conference that I went to this week and I heard people saying that all the time, but what if the way we are every time is perfect? Yeah. So everybody's perfect. <laughs> everybody's perfect all the time. Right? right. Now there's stuff we'd probably not like to do again or that we, but it, it's kind of like there is nobody like you. So comparing yourself to anybody for anything is a waste of time. 
It's just you. So if you're happy with you and you're not like, you know, driving other people nuts with how happy you are with yourself, just like let yourself be and see what comes to you about how you want to be rather than thinking about how you should be or how the rest of the world thinks you should be or all that thinking that people do. Yeah, that's great. That's a great um, piece of advice, Chris, because, you know, I, I think to myself, I, I spend a lot of time alone because I live by myself and I get up every morning and I get dressed and I put my makeup on and uh, as though I was going to go to somewhere you know, and I may or may not go anywhere depending on the weather and my schedule and whatever. And I remember my daughter said to me one time, you could sit around all day in your pajamas. You don't have to get dressed up every day. And I said, I don't have to, but I like to. That's just kind of how I am. And I just do it for me. I don't care who sees me or if nobody ever sees me. I, I just feel better when I'm dressed. And now some people feel better in their pajamas and God bless them. You know, they've had two years to spend time in their jammies and uh, that's great. I'm just not one of those people, but I don't care. You know, I don't, I don't really care if somebody came to the door and I was still in my pajamas, I would open the door. It's not a, it's not a ego. Like I got to look good or I won't, you know, but at the same time, I just feel better doing that. And it's like uh, some people are perfectly happy, uh, you know, doing no sports whatsoever and, and just living their life and, and not being interested in anything, any exercise or any outdoor activities. Other people are committed to getting outdoors. We're all different, but it's not our identity. It's our preference. And when you turn your preference into your identity, that's when your ego gets involved and you really get in trouble. Yeah, and that's when, because when, when life changes and you can't do that anymore, it, you're stuck. Mm-hmm. Where's your happiness then? Can't, it's out the window. Well, I was just at, at my chiropractor and she was telling me about they had a rash of couples where one person died and the other person died the next day. Huh. And, you know, you got you to gotta think that there must be something in their thinking that they just didn't want to live without the other person because – so much of themselves in their mind was connected with this person. It keeps us from changing and seeing things differently. And it keeps us from accepting each other because we have rules. We have thoughts about what, like, I'm like you too. You know, I like to put my makeup on, you know, and and look, but I don't do that because I care about anybody, what anybody else thinks about me. I I do it because I like to do it. Right. And, and so when people do it, but if I couldn't, like I, I, I broke my finger in my right hand, so I can't put my makeup on very well. So I didn't like get up and say, oh, my God, what am I going to do? I can't put my makeup on. I can't do a Zoom call without makeup on. You know, I just like, oh, well, I'm, I, I don't have makeup on, you know, big deal. <laughs> big deal. Yeah. And, and I think that, that, that it's so big deal is an important thing to realize. You don't want to be nothing in life is a big deal. Nothing is a big deal. It's the deal that you happen to be noticing at the moment, but it's not a big deal unless you decide it's a big deal. Right. I was going to say, then you can change it too. Yeah. It's the same thing with being bullied. I remember this is something that my parents taught me, but um, I had my maiden name was an Italian name and I was really bullied when I was in uh, elementary school. 
because, you know, there was a lot of prejudice. I lived in New England and everybody thought that everybody with an Italian name must be in the mafia. (laughs) (laughs) A lot of waspy people (laughs) had that thought. And so, um, and I was sad about it, you know, because I didn't even understand the words they were using as not words I ever heard at home, obviously. And uh, I was, you know, crying to my parents about it. And my mother said to me, well, honey, you know who you are. They don't know you. What do you care what they say? That's right. What a beautiful thing. It was really great. And I thought, that's really true. You know, I know who are, I know who my relatives are. I know my family. And I, I know what, that, that we're good people. What do I care? And so the next time somebody bullied me in school, I just turned around and I said, well, uh, maybe you should get to know me. And I walked off. And it, it came to an end, you know, because they they didn't know me and I knew they didn't know me and it wasn't getting to me. So they started bullying other people <laughs> because bullies always pick on people that they can get a re- re- reaction from. And I thought that was really, it was really profound. I didn't realize until now how profound that was what my mother said, but that's what we need to realize. We know who we are. Yeah. And nobody else knows us as well as we know ourselves. Right. And if we don't like what we're, feeling or thinking about ourselves at the moment we can change our minds but nobody can change us we're the only people that can change us yeah that's right so nothing outside of us can define us and the thing about life that makes it interesting to me is that every phase of life brings something different you know as as we age there there are real advantages that come with that and things that you uh just the wisdom that you accumulate, I guess, and the things the people that you've gotten to know and the adventures and experiences you get to have. And by the same token, um, you know, you lose some things. And, uh, but they're not losses. They're just uh, things that you borrowed when you could use them. You know? <laughs> and, and then you give them back and then you have other things. And honestly, uh, life is so beautiful to me if if there's no importance to, in, to anything but happiness, you know, if I'm happy, that's who I want to be. I want to be a person who's happy and content and grateful and loving and enjoying my life and my friends and the things that I care about. And that's pretty much it. You know, that's our, that's our beingness. The ordinary part of life is just to live your life at peace, doing the things that you enjoy doing and that you can contribute to and every, every it's just different well you know i was going to say that the, the beautiful thing about that judy is that nobody's stuck with the way they are you know it's kind of like people say well that's the way i am i can't do anything about it well that's not true none of us are any way that that we can't change we can be any kind of person we want to be we just have to Think about that and be that person. So people always want to go, well, I want to be a kind, loving person. Okay, well, then be it. But you have to pay attention to yourself to do that. You have to see how your own trick, your own thoughts are tricking you into thinking about what other people are thinking about you or thinking bad things about other people. I mean, it's just like negativity gets into our thinking in the form of judgment. And then we start to, um, make ourselves different from people and then we make them be the bad guys, right? Because they're different from us. 
or, or we think that we're bad because we're different from them or both, you know, but it's just the way that the level of awareness that the world is at right now is that we don't see that we're like all different, beautiful expressions of life. If we all looked at each other like that, wouldn't matter what our skin color was. What wouldn't matter who we loved? Wouldn't matter how we dressed. Wouldn't matter how much money we had. What would matter is that we were the same. We'd all be, as the Hawaiians call it, ohana. We'd all be part of the family of life. I love that word. <laughs> when you taught me that a long time ago, and I've always thought that's such a beautiful, the Hawaiian culture is full of wisdom, but mm-hmm. that's a particularly beautiful sound. It's like aloha, the breath of life. I just love that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But that is what we share. We share our spiritual beingness. And mm-hmm. uh, that's what we, what we find in common, we, that we're all making it up, but we're making up our our unique and interesting and fascinating and exciting and wonderful selves mm-hmm. or not, you know, we can make up anything. Mm-hmm. But I remember I, I just, the other day I had a thought I got annoyed because they didn't pick up the trash and I was kind of like, I was going to call and complain. And then I realized, you know, they'll pick it up tonight. We have a dumpster behind my apartment where I live in, so it gets full, and then it, you can't throw your trash away. You got to bring it back upstairs. <laughs> Big deal. And uh, and I was gonna, you know, I was gonna make this phone call and call the building manager, and I thought, well, he can't make the trash people come. You know, <laughs> they come or they don't. And I know that they've had trouble hiring drivers. I read that in the newspaper that they've been having to change routes and everything. And I thought, why don't I just get over it? <laughs> it's like, why do I want to spend another five minutes complaining? when they've got so many better things to do. And I, and I realized that that's, that's the beauty of understanding that we can really drag ourselves into hell with our own thinking without meaning to, yeah. you know? That's right. That's right. So I so, decided not to be the bitchy complainer. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's a little privileged thinking. I get that too sometimes, you know. I'm, like, yeah. I'm going to call that person and tell them what I think. Like somehow, you know, like, I'm going to post after this right now. You know, like this, this privilege thinking comes out of me. I'm like, oh, my goodness. Now, if you're listening, it's not a political statement. It just means that, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm aware that sometimes I get uppity because right. I, I think I should be treated the way well, that I think I should be treated. <laughs> <laughs> which might be to get preference or to not have anything go wrong in somebody else's life. So I'm disadvantaged. Right. But, um, you know, it, it's just the real you doesn't give that up. Right. You don't give up your mental health for things nope. like that. Nope. It's just the ego that gets attached to that outside world. And then we start making up stuff about ourselves and about life and, just be you. Yep. And with that, just have a great week. We'll see you next week. Okay. Bye. Bye. We hope you heard something new and that you will continue to join us to challenge the prevailing thinking about the possibilities for health in everyone. To subscribe to the podcast, 
Visit our website at psychologyhasitbackwards.com. 